0: I you sister white
1: we will not fear
2: the kingdom is alive the kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely I'll
1: never Welcome to Adventist Voices Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by the filmmakers and the star slash subject of Bobby Joe Under the Influence, a documentary that um, is set in Kansas City and uh, provides insight into um, Bobby Joe Reed's um Story of addiction and recovery and ministry and success. Uh, so I'd like to introduce Bobby Joe first. Thanks for joining me and talking with me today.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
1: And thank you. In addition, I'd like to um, introduce uh, our other guests. Brent Jones is the uh, director and writer of the documentary. Hello, Brent.
0: Hey, how you doing? Glad to be here. Thanks for
1: having us. Let me just jump in. I have watched the film, and I would really like to talk about a couple of things with you. One is, of course, um, the Bobby Joe story, uh, and I like how it drives so much of the beginning. Um, Of course, Bobby Joe, your testimony is so incredible, Uh, the story— is uh, in some ways a classic story of of redemption, but um, where you take it yeah. is it goes beyond just a story of sort of American uh, redemption, small town or, or large town uh, um, trouble to success, but also uh, really connecting spiritually and the area that I'd like to. F- Uh, focus on in part is the community that you've built. Uh, It's really a beautiful example of what's possible when, when people work together with a common goal. So maybe I'll start with you, Bobby and, and just um, tell me a little bit about what made you want to, I'm sure you've told your story so many times. What about your story made you want to tell it uh, in film form?
2: Well, it's, um, I started drinking at a very young age, 12, and by the time I was 13, I believe I was already an alcoholic, and I struggled with my addiction for 22 years, ended up homeless, on the street, human trafficking, Uh, just about every horrific thing that could happen to a person happened to me,
1: Yeah. and
2: um, after I got sober... What I was uh, carrying the 12-step message around to hospitals and detoxes and treatment centers, and what I started to see is there was like uh, 900 women going through treatment in, in Kansas City, which left, and when we got out of the inpatient component like 30 days, there was only 30 beds for these 900 women to go to. So they were returning to circumstances from which they came, and of course, they went not a, you know, drug and alcohol free, and so I was uh, seven years into my recovery journey that almost killed me multiple times. I was seven years into that, and uh, the Lord started putting on my heart that I needed to do something to help these women, and so that uh, I came into a small inheritance, and you know, God planted me down in a really rough part of the city. Mm-hmm. And this community, not three hours had passed without hearing gunshots. There were pimps and drug dealers and prostitutes and gang members all up and down this street that, that we live on. And uh, this is right where God planted me. And so I started the first house and two months later, a dope dealer moved in next door, started running prostitutes, threatening us with weapons even brought female gang members from Chicago to try to scare me out of the house. <laughs> and uh, I cleaned the dope man's house. And a year and a half later, we got the dope man's house. My little small brain thought I was going to help 10 women, you know, live drug and alcohol free every year. That was my plan. And if we fast forward now, there's 14 homes and 200 people live in within the ministry every day and about 34 kids. And so we have taken homes that were abandoned or uh, being used for all the wrong reasons, drug houses, or they were, you know, uh, homeless people were residing in them, starting fires, just homes that nobody else would want. So we've taken every one of those homes, we were able to get them pretty cheap and rehab them ourselves. And then we turned them into beautiful homes for the people that we serve to live in, the people that are coming off the street and uh, wanting to have a substance-free life. And so they're beautiful homes. And in doing so, our whole community has been transformed. Yeah. And you don't see drug dealers or prostitutes. It's just a complete transition to something new.
1: It uh, is absolutely an incredible story that sort of combines both uh, your own personal story but also the story of transforming a neighborhood. Um, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit with um, Brent, if you would. Uh, How do you tell a story like this that is so, um, in some ways... Um, connected to an individual, but I, I really appreciate who you brought in a variety of voices that were part of Bobby Joe's journey. And um, can you talk a little bit about how you got attached to this project and and, and what you, drew you to it?
0: I, I saw uh, Bobby Joe give her testimony at a church up the street to me, and um, heard a lot of testimonies in my life. And uh, I'd never heard anything like it. I, was just, I said, this is just amazing. And um, she told us with such confidence and such detail, I, I just knew that this story had to get out there uh, to the world. You know, people need to see this thing. And, and, and you know, she's got charisma and she's got the enthusiasm for life. It, it, it comes out in her testimony. It comes out when you're around Bobby Joe when you're spending time with her, you, she's infectious. And that's the, it, part of the a big reason why I was attracted to the story is because it, it, it was so all encompassing, but it was, it was her. And, um, I went down, I said, listen, I went up to her afterwards, I like, listen, I love your story. I got to, I'd love to do, come down and shoot a little bit and, and see how you are on film. I'd love to make a film about your life story. And I was originally going to do a film, but we went down and. And uh, shot for about three hours with Bobby Joe in her first house, the Peak House, down, mm-hmm. down at her ministry, the Healing House. Mm-hmm. And um, she was just so fun to hang out with, uh, my mm-hmm. cameraman and I, and, and, you know, the two guys that were with me. Uh, we just had a blast. And then she started telling her story and um, revealing more and more uh, about how she was able to change this community. And uh, we brought it home after three hours of shooting and cut together a little piece. And I knew when you see it on the screen and what's in real life comes out on the screen, you know, you have something, you know, you have a, a, a person with a story and it and it's going to come across. So she came across with flying colors and I, I was just like I was hooked and I needed to go. I said, Bobby Joe, I really want to meet your family and I want to meet the other people uh, that are in your down at Healing house your staff and the people that have come through the program can you can you give me access to them and she just opened the doors up and talked to everybody and, and set us up to where I could go down and really really start talking to people and I'll tell you what I had uh, more fun meeting these people than I ever have had uh, in, in my filmmaking career um, they are it's just a true raw story and they open their hearts and all of them, have had their lives transformed in one way or another through, well, through, through what Bobby Joe started. I mean, there's many people that, that go into that transformation. Of course, uh, God is one of them. (laughs) And, and and I, I got to see a whole lot of proof of that down there. You know, I, I heard the story and saw, and saw how real it was. People coming out of the darkness and into the light. And man, that's what I needed to capture in the film. And, uh, and I think we were able to do that. And it's a system that works as well. I mean, people go down there with a, with nothing and, uh, they get a home. They, I mean, they get a room, they get a warm bed, they get food, they get, uh, uh, they help them get their license and search for jobs. And they really set them up for life Yeah, and they get more than anything. They get that love and that family yeah. and, It was
1: amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't, I, I expected to be moved um, and, and learn. I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did, Bobby Joe. You're quite the comedian. uh, And I enjoyed, (laughs) I enjoyed your uh, humorous take on some very um, uh, difficult matter. Um, So, what was it like um, adding a whole, additional responsibility to your obviously busy life, having a camera crew uh, trail around, and how did you um, negotiate the um, uh, exposing some very vulnerable people to the addition of of having to tell their story? Um, how, did, how, did, how did you process all of that?
2: Right. Um, you know, I went to everyone that, uh, well, first off, half the time, I forgot the cameras were even, <laughs> even there. I just continued to do what I do. And so they were just over there doing their thing, and I was doing mine. So it really, it did not change how we operated. We were just operating in our day-to-day activities as normal. Um, for the folks that were part of the movie, I talked to each and every one of them prior to, to uh, them getting on film and make sure they were comfortable. Of course, we didn't really uh, film anybody that was brand new, because, you know, one thing is we didn't want to exploit anybody or or make anyone feel uncomfortable. And so we were very selective with the people that were on the film that they were pretty comfortable and stable in their recovery journey. So uh, we got most of the folks on there had been around for quite some time. Uh, A number of them had moved out and living independently on their own. And so uh, they were really honored to be able to share their story. And Brent uh, interviewed a lot more people than what's on the film. And uh, he can tell you the process that was painstaking about trying to get it down to two hours instead of five hours of great interviews of people Sharing their story, they were all very anxious to share their story and what the Lord had done for them. So we we could have had a thirty-hour documentary, but Brent had <laughs> cut it down to a few of us. But uh, it was, you know, and I've made I feel I feel as though I've made lifetime friends with Brent and Donna. They're amazing people, and they have just become part of the Hilling House family.
1: Well, uh, it seems like a a really um, great family to be a part of. Uh, Donna, I've got a question for you because uh, in your role as an executive producer, you're uh, not just thinking about this is a great story, but you've got to figure out how to make it happen. Can you just talk a little bit about how you manage this process and and why you decided to deal with some headaches that get involved or part of the producing um, world?
3: Sure. Um, you know, it. you know, any film is a challenge, right? Um, it's, it's a lot of hard work and dedication. And, um, we were, uh, well, I was new to Kansas City and we were nu- newly moved back here. So we, we really needed to infiltrate the Kansas City film community in order to staff up. And, uh, the Kansas City Film Commission was amazing in helping us do so and we were able to, to find some really talented camera operators, editors, you know, whole crews of people to help us along the way. Um, I would say that some of the biggest challenges were just, were, were staffing because we were, were working with, in documentary filmmaking, you're working with real people and they have lives and children and schedules. And so we're trying to, um, you know, definitely... Uh, be respectful of our subject matters. But we're so, and we're also trying to, um, you know, in the independent world, you don't have the biggest budget. So you're trying to work around everybody, you know, their crew schedule as well and trying to, you know, get everybody there. But um, once we got rolling, man, the interviews just kept coming and, and snowballing. And it was just so exciting. Um, and, and the stories and the footage we were getting was just so unbelievable that it was, it was just, you know, we just made it happen. And I will say this too, you know, because Bobby Joe and what she's doing is just so unbelievably inspirational. Most of the crew that came and worked with yeah. us felt that energy and wanted to come back um, because we were doing something really meaningful. And, and that is really rewarding for, for people. Um, and the other probably biggest challenge was what Bobby Joe was talking about, which was, you know, trying to pick and choose between the interviews and, and uh, leaving some things on the edit room floor, and there was long nights and, and hard discussions around here because you know between myself and and Brent and our lead editor, we had we had our favorites and we would uh, we,
0: we, we battled it out we, pretty good. We battled it out pretty good. <laughs> it was, you know, yeah, it, was, I mean, it was it was hard. It was it was hard because she wanted somebody, and I was, you know, what was hard was she had a great she had a great point and I had a great point. we wanted to keep everybody in there you can't do that so
3: yeah and every yeah. every one of us as our own unique person and our own experiences we connect with different people on, on a different level for different reasons sure. and so what might resonate with me might not have resonated with my husband or with the lead editor Austin Evans and so it was just sort of listening to each other and listening to the different points of view and wanting to be very you know representational of the different um People down at Healing House, and and the fact that the, it's such a diverse community, we wanted to represent that. Yeah. So I think that we just tried to find that right balance.
1: Well, um, mm-hmm. you did. I it feel was kind like of magical it. how it came together. Too. There was a, Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I uh, I thought that it was a really great blend of um, supporting voices sharing their stories. Um, I would like to talk maybe to Bobby Joe really quickly about the, of storytelling itself, because obviously you have told your story so many times, but in addition to that, you tell other people's story. I love the part of, uh, I love that you seem to, um, when you when someone is coming to Healing House for the first time, you say "Welcome home," which seems like such a beautiful uh yes. end to one part of their story and a beginning to the other. It must. Uh, it sounds like it is uh, really um, emotionally affecting for a lot of folks to hear that. But um, story is so powerful. Why? What? How do you think about the power of your own story and the power of other people's story? And then, of course, we're talking about documentary as story as well. So uh, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Well, I think like Donna said, we all find people that, pardon me, we can identify with. And I have been so blessed to to have lived the life that I did and to come out of that and, as Brent says, from the darkness into the light. And I found out very early on when I had just started my own recovery journey that me sharing my experience with people, I would take baked goods and hygiene products and go to these free detoxes in the city. And I would sit on the bunk with somebody that was detoxing or beat up really severely. And uh, I would talk to them and tell them what I was doing. And it gave them hope. Mm. Um, I had one lady that said, Bobby Joe, save my life with a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> and uh, I recall that. <laughs> she was laying in a bed in detox and both her eyes were swollen and set from being beat. And I sat on her bunk, and I had some home chocolate chip cookies left from the bake sale I had had earlier. And I talked to her and I said, honey, you don't have to live this way anymore. And I just shared what my experience with her. And that little girl never drank again. Wow. You know, she passed away now, but she didn't pass away of addiction. And I just seen that there was strength and there was hope in my story. And the one thing that when you're out there in your addiction, that we don't have is hope. And if I could give that through sharing my testimony, man, am I ready to give it to anybody that will listen. And, um, you know, I think that's the whole part, whole point of this movie. It's not to get rich or famous. It's to spread the good news of there is hope. And, And I always tell people, you know, continue to pray for your loved ones that are caught in addiction. And know that as long as a person that has addiction issues is still breathing, There's still hope. And so it's all about hope to me, love and hope. And uh, yeah, the welcome home thing, you can almost see the air leaving people when they get that feeling of, okay, I'm finally someplace and I'm safe now. And you can really just see them kind of deflate and come to this place where, okay, it's going to be okay. And that's the atmosphere. All our homes are beautiful. And everybody here lives like I want to live or you want to live. And it's a safe place to let the harshness of the world fall away and begin the work that we need to do to live clean and sober life.
1: Yeah, there's a line in there. Someone says that hope is not a wish, it's a certainty. And I wrote it down. I thought it was a, a really... Pithy way of expressing a really profound theological concept, um, Brent. Uh, you're here. also involved in storytelling, obviously, and I'm curious what your goal was here. You were obviously um, attracted to Bobby Joe's story, and um, sounds like you had a merry band of a uh, uh, crew with you through all this experience. <laughs> but what kept you? What kept? What kept you going? And what do you want people to take? uh out of this experience what kind of drove your your editing choices your shot selection all of that
0: you know you what know, like what what Bobby Joe's talking about is hope and that's we we talked in the beginning of this instance, so what's what's our overall goal and Bobby Joe said to me I just want to want people to know that there's hope and then uh, and then you go about going well how are we going to do that and uh, <laughs> and it's and it's showing people have Having the testimony of people taking that, and you know, there's a line, and there's a lot, couple lines that I like in the movie, and one is as Bobby Joe says, "Hate and devour you." Mm-hmm. And um, well, what's the solution to that? Well, there's another line in the movie that says says the solution is love." And I don't know if I can deliver it like Daryl delivers it, but he he lets you have it. You know, the solution is lo- no, no. Uh, it was um, Luther says the solution is love. Luther. And so Luther, Luther said, the solution is love. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, sh- uh, show people that had, um, dealt with that and that and with alcohol and addiction. You get down into really kind of hating yourself. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then if you're lucky and you can, and you can, uh, and you want it bad enough that so you can get back to loving yourself. With with you know another addict or alcohol, can usually help you with that, and uh, then you you get your life back. So um, I wanted I think the world is uh, there's a lot of division right now, and a lot of uh, it's really easy to go to that hate and and criticize and all that, and and I truly believe that love is what we need, and the way to get to that is is to um, share with each other, understand each other, care for each other. Not judge each other and um, and give each other a big old break, you know, and help each other in this world. And so, those are the things that I wanted to come through in this film. And and I would I would really hope that um, everybody gets that out of it because man, it is so much. That love is so much more powerful than any of the negativity and the and the, yeah. the hate and things that are going on. Yeah, I well, mean it's extremely powerful. When I went down to Healing House. I felt it, uh, every time. And it's coming through those people. So it's, it's that sharing, that community sharing is a powerful community. And, and I believe that that's what it's going to take to help all these people that are on the streets, help all these people that are suffering from alcoholism and addiction and people that are going in and out of prison that don't have families and don't have homes. I mean, we've got to do something about it. So yeah. This is my part. This is what I. This is what I had to do. And I, I found somebody that was that uh, that had the story and that's actually doing the work. And and it's amazing how much work she. I mean, she started by herself, and she's got a whole yeah. community now, and a staff, yeah. and a. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah. With her transformation, and if she can do that. If we all did one tenth of what Bobby Joe was doing, man, the world would be a whole different place.
1: Well, I love it. Uh, Amen. <laughs> thanks. Uh, it's it's been really great talking with all of you and hearing about um, your story uh, personally and your story in making this film. Um, Donna, uh, you're the executive producer. Mm-hmm. How should people uh, get a hold of this story? How should they watch it and connect to it? Um, uh, what would you, uh, what do you suggest?
3: What we're hoping is that um, everybody watches it and everybody talks about it and shares it. You can go to our website, which is com. The movie is coming out on February 16th all across the nation and all across North America on most streaming on the night on-demand platforms so you'll be able to find it on your amazon prime video your apple tv itunes google play you'll also be able to find it on like comcast and dish network um verizon bios things like that so most places where you go to normally uh, download and stream movies uh, you'll be able to find it Um, but you can also follow us on facebook and instagram for more information we're at the bobby joe movie um there and uh this weekend, there's a pre-order on iTunes where the film is um, half-priced. I think it's six ninety nine. dollars uh, That's just for this weekend only, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we are launching on Tuesday.
1: Okay. Well, good luck with yep. that launch. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And thanks to each of you for the good that you're doing in our world. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, I do, Sister White.